Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber, and joining me is my always absolutely fantastic co-host, uh, Joylan Davis. Hey, everybody. And normally, I would try to tell a little bit of a joke, you know, uh, some kind of descriptor about Joylan right now, but um, I'll be honest with you, I'm happy the man is alive. And I mean that in all seriousness, because his town is right by where um, the tornadoes they said the worst tornado event basically in kentucky history mm-hmm. yep. and the town how far away is mayfield from you mm, 20 minutes 20 25 minutes yeah and you said 70 percent of the town is just yeah destroyed gone yeah it's just destroyed yep um right now that they're the new the latest news reports and they're all saying the same thing. They're saying a 74 confirmed dead, 109 are missing. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and this one, like I said, I mean, kind of hits close to home for me and Joylan, especially Joylan, because I mean, I don't live down that area anymore. And this tornado, it, the one, that one in particular, it went 200 miles. Yeah. It was, you know, it was about 500 meters wide. And it went about 200 miles. Now, I just talked to my stepdad um, about 20 minutes ago, and he was telling me they're actually saying now it was about 60 little small tornadoes that were together moving in this path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which that, you know, that also uh, makes sense. And I can tell you, Saturday, uh, when my wife and I drove up to get my daughter from Wright State, you know, because, you know, help her move out. Um, we were hit with all sorts of rain and wind and everything else, which I'm, I'm going to guess is a residual effect, even though usually tornadoes, I mean, they come and they, it, boom, it's, it's over yeah. fairly, fairly quickly, but this seems to be, uh, not an ordinary, uh, kind of storm. Yeah. This one started in Arkansas and headed and came and just cut a path all the way through and, um, yeah, Mayfield, Kentucky, which is about 20, 25 minutes from me, uh, about 70% of the town is just destroyed. And they had a uh, <clears throat> candle factory there, which collapsed when the tornado hit. And there was over 100 people that were there that night when the tornado hit. So they were having to, and they said that you could hear people <clears throat> screaming for help in the rubble but they couldn't get to them and they were eventually able to, I think they said, I think uh, Governor Brashear said that it was 94 people had been recovered alive. And then there's still, I forget the number, but there's still some, there's still some unaccounted for. And there was, I think about a dozen that died. Um, last news report I saw that actually they listed that as well. Um, they said eight people confirmed dead in that one, and they managed to rescue 102 people. Mm-hmm. And they said they, then they said it was 110. And so they actually that one, well, obviously you know eight people passing away. I mean, yeah. that's still horrible. Um, you know, but I mean everybody is more or less accounted for. Either and you know, and unfortunately they um, they passed away, they were killed, or you know they have been able to uh, rescue them yeah um and it just because right about now i mean you know these are people that were getting ready for christmas i mean a lot you know oh yeah absolutely yeah. 
Like you know, uh, one of my friends, I've been I've been friends with uh, one of my friends. Her and I've been friends since I moved to this area back in late nineties. Her and I've been friends, and <clears throat> I talked to her yesterday, and she lost everything. Like her mm. whole house is gone. Um, her cars, you know, her vehicles totaled. She lost, and you know, she lost. It's not the material stuff or anything it's it's the stuff like um ornaments that her kids have made when they were little all her kids are grown now so it's like you know mementos like that it's like both of her parents have been you know they passed away a few years back so it's pictures of her you know of her parents and things mm. like that and that's the kind of stuff that just hurts that you can't get back yeah, it's stuff that you cannot put a monetary value on. Yes. And, you know, so so a lot of this stuff, you know, we're, we're because tonight we're going to be covering uh, the Ring of Honor Final Battle podcast from this past weekend. And it kind of puts a little bit of perspective just knowing that, you know, and like Dwayne said, there's people he knows personally that lost everything they own. Yeah, um, there's another lady that I, um, when I worked in, where I work now, I worked in a different department. I worked on the other side of the building in a different department uh, for about eight months. Uh, well, she was my team lead over there. Her and I, her and I, got, her and I got to be friends. Uh, she also lost her home uh, to the tornado. And it's just, it's just terrible what people are having to go through at any time of year, but especially this time of year. Right. And one of the things I have noticed, and I and um, and I've excuse me, I've caught that you've actually posted quite a few of these. That there are people who are definitely stepping up and helping out any yes. way they can, you know. Because you yes. said I think it was a Papa John's they they activated like a roaming van yes. so they can deliver food to people. Yep, they're going to be at the um, they're going to be at the Papa John's store in Mayfield because they're saying that inside of Mayfield, it's going to be probably a few weeks before they have power. Mm. Like pretty much most of Mayfield is dark. If you live, if you live like out in the county, like outside of Mayfield, I have some friends that have power. But inside the city there, I think they're on a different grid and it's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And that's terrible too with the weather being how it is, you know, and it's supposed to be a cold winter. Yes, it's supposed to be a very cold winter. And but yeah, there's a tide truck that's coming, so people can you know, you know, for laundry and different things. And there's uh, food trucks, and there's a guy here in Paducah that owns um, it's a restaurant bar type thing called the Paducah Beer Works. He has taken everything from his freezer and took it to Mayfield and was cooking and handing out, you know, hot meals for people. And he, then he left and went to Dawson Springs because Dawson Springs is just dawn. You know, yeah. how, you know, Dawson Springs is was small. a small town anyway. Yeah. And it is literally just, it flattened everything. It's just gone. And that was, um, that was the thing that also kind of hit me because 
you know, I have not actually lived in Hopkinsville now. It'll, it'll be 29 years is coming April. You know, that's when I left to join the Air Force. And to see, you know, anytime you see like a town that you're from or a town that near from where you're from mm -hmm. and, you know, make national news or sometimes international news, you, you almost get excited in a way, yeah. you know, but not this way. No, not this way. And just to say, and just knowing Dawson Springs is this little bitty town, and now it's been just wiped out. And then yeah. you know Mayfield was, you know, a little distance away from Hopkinsville, but but now you're 20 minutes away from it. Yeah. And to hear about it being basically, you know, uh, well, 70 percent destroyed. I mean, it's going to take a long time for them to rebuild. Yeah, and a lot um, of those buildings are historical buildings too. That you know are just just gone or if there's not enough left to salvage they'll have to bulldoze everything mm. but definitely keep everybody that's been affected by this and your thoughts and prayers and if you know of any way you can help you know um i wouldn't necessarily say go help because from what my stepdad was telling me uh they people have been heading towards dawson springs and I guess the police and probably the National yeah. Guard have been turning them away, saying no. Yep, they've been doing that in Mayfield too. People have gone, and some people have gone legitimately to help. Right, and I completely understand that. But there are a lot of people going to sightsee and just to see the yeah. destruction. Yeah. And the people, like the law enforcement, there is telling people, if you don't live here, or you're not a first responder, or you're not helping in recovery of some sort, please stay out because it's just causing more confusion, mm -hmm. you know, by people coming through, looking at all the, looking at all the damage while you've got other people that are there trying to on recovery mission or, you know, things like that. So yeah, just if you, if anybody listening wants to do anything, you can, you can contact the podcast, you can contact me directly. And, uh, but I've, you know, I've already, um, one of my friends messaged me uh, earlier today asking how he could help. So I'm, um, checking with some people I know in Mayfield to see, you know, what's the best course. Cause they're like overloaded with stuff, like, which is great. People have really stepped up and with donations and things like that, but they're so overwhelmed with clothes and food and things like that right now that have been donated that they're they need time to sort through all that stuff to see what they you know what else they need and one more thing before we uh because we do eventually have to get to the pay-per-view um if you're going there and Dwayne posted this the other day on facebook and then i shared it and i did yes i did share a bible verse and this is uh you know one of the few times where you know, we will, um, speak, you know, talk a little bit about our religion on the podcast, because I mean, I just got to share the Bible verse and enjoy it. And you know, the, you know, the one I'm talking about. Yep. Yep. Um, and the verse itself is, um, Matthew six, one, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll know a word from your father in heaven. And that's saying, basically, if you're going there for a photo op when, you know, so the people can take pictures of you helping people, 
Yeah. I, I will have absolutely no respect for you whatsoever. Yeah. No. And like and the the post that Steve's referring to, I put it on Facebook. I was like, I was basically saying that, you know, don't go into this trying to get likes on Facebook or trying to get your name out there for any reason. Do it because you're a good person and you see someone else suffering and you want to help. Yep. Because uh, that is one thing of, a few years ago. I mean, our, our church does a lot of stuff with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would tell anybody who's volunteering, like, put your cameras away. Yeah. Yeah. Do not be taking pictures, you know, while we're doing this. Right. Like, this there's, is- no, there's no need for it. It's like you, you help people because it's the right thing to do, not so you can get a photo op or get, you know, social media famous or whatever. Right. And it, it is to look at me. I'm helping. No, no, you're doing it for your own personal glory. Yep, absolutely. And so, um, but yeah, and that's the last thing we'll say with the yeah, because if I catch you, you know, trying to take selfies while you're helping or having somebody take a picture of you while you're at a soup kitchen with a ladle in your hand, knowing that as soon as the, the camera's down, you'll put the thing down and walk away, mm-hmm. you know, I'll probably be the first one to punch you in the face. Yeah, same. And if and that yeah. I'll only be the first because I get to him before Jwaylen does. But if, yeah. but if Dwayne gets to it first, I'll be the second one to punch you. In the face. <laughs> so, but so the final battle, uh, ROH final battle. And I was able to watch this, uh, finally today. And I, unfortunately I was watching on my phone, so I wasn't able to take as many notes as what I would liked. Um, and then I, I watched half of it on my phone. And then I, and I got home and I watched the other half on my computer. Um, and I'll tell you what. WWE needs to pay attention to the talent that was on this card. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Man. I mean, Ring of Honor has always had some amazing talent. But the show that they put on Saturday night is one of the best Ring of Honor pay-per-views I've ever seen. And if that is if that is the last ever Ring of Honor pay-per-view, then they they absolutely went out on a high note because there was some amazing wrestling on that show. Um, there was also several tributes from uh, wrestlers and other companies. I personally found it extremely tacky that WWE did not allow any of their wrestlers to make comments on the pay-per-view because for the past 10 years, at least WWE has built their product off of talent that they got from ring of honor. Yeah. And did they actually come out and say they were, but I mean, I granted it wouldn't surprise me because that's how they are. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but they did, yeah. I never saw a report, any report saying that they were forbidden from doing it. However, however, <laughs> we know how they are. Knowing WWE's track record with not acknowledging any other company, I can guarantee that nobody, I can guarantee that no wrestler asked if they could because they were going to be told no. I can guarantee they were going to be told no because there is no reason why. Impact Wrestling was able to have, you know, people on that show. Their, their former women's champion 
was physically at the show. Um, Eddie Edwards, who's a former Ring of Honor World Champion, he's currently in Impact. He sent in a video tribute. Several AEW wrestlers from several AEW wrestlers that got their big break in Ring of Honor: Brian Danielson, Sam Punk, uh, Adam uh, Hangman, Adam Page, uh, Adam Cole. They all had video tributes, mm-hmm. but then not one wrestler from WWE that got their break in Ring of Honor had a video package. And for me, that just says the mentality of WWE is that we're just, even even though we have kind of built our product off of Ring of Honor's work, we're not going to acknowledge them at all. And you look at some of the, the ones who are some of the bigger stars right now in WWE, namely, you know, Seth Rollins, used to be known as Tyler Black, uh, yep. Kev- Kevin Owens, I'm assuming he went by Kevin Steen. Yes. And yep. I mean, those are two of their, their, their biggest stars right now. Yeah. And, I mean, the, those two guys are in a triple threat match January 1st for the WWE title. And they are two former Ring of Honor world champions. You've got AJ Styles, who was a former pure champion and a former tag team champion. Uh, Samoa Joe. Yep. Uh, former Ring of Honor world champion. He's the reason why it's called the Ring of Honor World Championship because Samoa Joe, when Samoa Joe won the title, he started defending. It was generally just defended in the United States. Samoa Joe took it overseas. Whenever he had dates overseas, he went overseas and defended it and basically created a world title instead of just a company title. And the the video package they played kind of close to the end of the show you could see all those guys you know of course you know you saw rollins you saw samoa joe you saw kevin owens you saw daniel you know brian danielson back he's almost hard to recognize though because he was so young looking he was so young with the baby face (laughs) and everything yeah yeah uh you're like man somebody let their kid in the ring what you know (laughs) yeah somebody call cps there's a you know kid (laughs) uh but and I, I thought the pack that package was really well done because it did show. Look, Ring of Honor kickstarted a lot of guys and girls' careers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've said this before: professional wrestling would not be what it is now without uh, Ring of Honor. And uh, CM Punk said it in his video tribute: "You can look around the landscape of professional wrestling, and Ring of Honor's fingerprints are everywhere." Mm-hmm. and wwe is not wanting to admit it i think that's another reason why they're saying okay no more no more indie people coming yeah. here everything's going to be homegrown yeah um well this may be kind of a weird comparison but i'll tell them y'all do realize that's what north korea is trying to do they're trying to say everything's going to be here and that's not working out for them they realize yeah, they have not, to <laughs> it's, yeah it's not working out at all it's not working well, out Look at, look at, I mean, really look at the AWA. That was part of their, that was part of their downfall. They didn't want to move. Vern didn't want to move along. You know, he didn't want to move with the times. Right. He didn't want, he wanted, he wanted a, he wanted AWA to be exist in this bubble 
because he didn't trust anybody else on the outside. But then if you don't have anybody from the outside coming in to work with your home, your homegrown talent, then they never learn anything but one style. And if I was running a wrestling company, I would want these world traveled professional wrestlers that have wrestled in Japan and wrestled in Mexico and, you know, all these different types of wrestling because it makes her a more well-rounded performer than the cookie cutter mentality that WWE has. Well, every match is the same. Every match has the same spots. Yeah. And, and speaking of spots, or at least the word spot, did you happen to catch during the match between Dragon Lee and Ray Horace, the fan who had the sign out, it said something about two spot monkeys. Yes. Yes. And that was another one. I was like, if I was there, I'd want to punch that guy. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, are you kidding me? You see these yeah. guys are, are putting on a great match, but that's the, you purposely wrote that sign. Yeah. You purposely wrote that sign to make sure you got, you got seen on the pay-per-view for rating two guys that are working their tails off. I mean, these are world-class wrestlers. You ever want to see true Lucha Libre-style wrestling, watch that match because it is fantastic. And like, like I said, I mean, I, I really wish I'd have wrote notes on that, and I apologize for that. But I, I do – Um, a lot of good – well, all the – well, all the matches really had some good wrestling – but this was a good one to start it out. And yeah, I know there was three matches before this that were on the pre-show that and I haven't watched the pre-show yet. That's the only, I watched the main card, but I hadn't watched the pre-show yet. Right. All right. Same here. And I thought this was an excellent match with a lot of good mood, a lot of near pinfalls. I mean, and that is one thing I'll say all the matches had that. I mean, they, they had a lot of near, near falls, yeah. um, but it wasn't all, finishing moves if that makes any sense no it was it made it more believable because it wasn't it wasn't all finishers it was just i'm trying to catch this i'm trying to catch this person in a move to win this match and it mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be a finisher to get it done it's not like how you know and again not trying to bash wwe but it is what it is when wwe has those false finishes like that it's because somebody's kicking out of finishers every time right. and it's like you're just you're lessening the effect of your finisher if you know there are some instances where okay i've got to hit three pedigrees to put this guy down okay you know there are certain there are certain times and certain matches like a triple h undertaker match it's going to take more than one pedigree to put him down we get yep. that but every single match can't have where you hit multiple finishers and the guy keeps kicking out because then it's like you've given him your best shot, then what do you do? Right. And like I said, after a while, it, it's, your opponent doesn't look strong. Your move looks weak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So me personally, I know if I'm in – like any kind of fight, any kind of battle, even think about this. Like if you're, if, if you're the offensive coordinator for a football team 
and you're trying like a certain play, like a, a simple running play, you know, through um, through the hole between the right guard and right tackle. And it's getting stuffed. Right. It's getting stuffed every time. You wouldn't keep going back to that. Yeah, you're not gonna. Yeah, you're, you're gonna change. You're gonna change the route. You're not gonna keep going in that same space because you know you're not getting through. Right. You know, just like a passing route. If you know that, oh well. First of all, it's going to say you know if Deion Sanders is covering it. Well, first of all, you're not going to throw on Deion Sanders side of the field anyway. No. <laughs> but. You know, you can't use that play because they got it covered. Yeah. And so you're going to have to go to something else. And see, that's what it looks like with the finish moves. Well, I didn't see any of that kind of stuff on anywhere really in this card. I know there was a couple of times where finishing moves were used. They kicked that up at maybe once. But it wasn't yeah. time yeah. after time after time. Right. Yeah, it wasn't like four or five times that it happened. And even if it was, okay, like the opening match with, Dra with Dragon Lake, Dragon Lee has a finisher. Um, it's a knee strike. He did hit multiple knee strikes at the end of the match, but every one of them was different. Yes, um, it wasn't the exact. It wasn't the exact same spot, you know. And the last one was a knee strike to the back of the head, which is the one <laughs> that won the match. Right, believable. You need somebody in the back of the head. That should be the end of the match. Yeah, especially after you just need them in the front of the head. Exactly. Yeah. And the side of the head. I and mean, and the side of the head. Times. I mean, the dude got up, you know, not just looking for his mom. He thinking, he's thinking he was his mom. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and with that match, I mean, it, like you said, I mean, if you want to see a really good triple uh, A type luchador match, mm -hmm. watch this one. Yep. And, and that's actually something else. You could definitely tell the influence of like the Mexican wrestling, like the Japanese wrestling. Um, yes. Not just this match, but like almost every match. Oh yeah, and uh, and I, I mean, I have to admit, I'm not as familiar with Ring of Honor. Uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, Dwayla definitely knows a lot more about Ring of Honor than I do. Uh, even though some of the names I, I do recognize because I've seen them before in other right. promotions or, or even this. When Dalton Castle walked out, I was like, "What in the world is this?" Yeah. <laughs> but Dalton Castle, Dalton Castle has star written all over him. He he carries himself like a star. Everything about his presentation is on point. His, his in ring work, which he is a a gifted technical wrestler. He is a you look past the flamboyance and everything. He is an excellent professional wrestler, especially on the technical side. Yes, but he has. He has everything to be a big star in a major company. I just don't want him to go to WWE because they're going to ruin everything that makes him good. And was, did I hear Radio Gaga? Is that what he was coming to the ring with? It's a variation of it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, my daughter just was just standing next to him and she starts singing it as a recording. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you were recording. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I was like, okay, he's interesting. <laughs> and and I almost I almost want to call his um his crew, his posse. I was about to call him the rosebuds. Oh yeah. yeah. 
because that's actually kind of what it felt like, you know, Adam Rose and his road, rosebuds. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I mean, he's, he, um, but yeah, I like the sure. other guy, Rhett, yeah, Rhett Titus, Silas Young, and then, um, Okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the emergency was averted because apparently uh, Dwaylon is so smoking hot he just set off his smoke detector. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, you had Dalton Castle, um, uh, Silas Young, who is an exceptional professional wrestler. I mean, he looks like he looks like the guy that sits at the end of the bar that you don't want to mess with. Right. Is Silas Young looks like to me, but he is, uh, he's a former two-time Ring of Honor World Television Champion. So you had him in this match. Uh, you had Joe Hendry, who was um, a former World Culture Pro Wrestling World Champion when World Culture Wrestling was in uh, running shows in uh, the UK. Uh, you had him, and then who was the final person? Who was the last person in that match? Uh, Rhett Titus. Rhett Titus, yeah, Rhett Titus, who has been with Ring of Honor since day one. Yep, because Rhett Titus, he won the, the TV title in during this yep, match. That's it. That was his first singles title ever in Ring of Honor. He's been tag team champion several times with different partners, but that's uh, that was his first singles title was the World Television Championship. Yeah, I caught when they said that because I'm thinking, okay, he's been with them since the beginning and he's never won a singles title? Nope. He came in as a rookie to Ring of Honor and wow. hasn't gone anywhere else. He, is, uh, he has been Ring of Honor since he walked through the door and it was nice to see him win, you know, win the singles championship. Hey, congratulations, Mr. Titus. And another match, I mean, I thought was, uh, was well, I'll, you know what? All these matches were good. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were, uh, there wasn't a bad match here. Um, now, the pure rules match between Josh Woods and Brian Johnson. And Brian Johnson, he came out at the beginning and he was kind of, uh, kind of flapping his yap a little bit. Yeah. And the, the, Pure rules matches. I, I mean, I get it. You know, it's a little different for a stipulation, and you can't really call it a gimmick match. No, because it used to. I mean, and this is the second iteration of the pure championship at the Kyle in the early days of Ring of Honor. Uh, guys like AJ Styles. Um, Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal, uh, Brian Danielson, Nigel McGinnis, all of those guys won the Pure Championship at one point in their career. So it's uh, it's a very historic championship. Um, yeah, the rules are different. You only get so many rope breaks, which I like that part because I, I, I hate seeing multiple rope breaks in matches. Uh, you only get so many rope breaks and there's just different different rules to it but uh, it was a really good match it was an ex mm -hmm. it was an excellently worked match and with them 
Well, I guess you could still have disqualifications after, you know, you hit your limit on rope breaks. Because, yeah, because yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brian Johnson, he hit his limit. And I could see this, like, okay, that's part of a strategy. You could always force him over there, and then they, uh, they'd have to grab the ropes to break. But this one, I mean, of course, he, uh, Josh Woods retained the championship, uh, the, the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Um, that, that still sounds weird. <laughs> the pure championship. Yeah. Um, pure so wrestling the, championship. Yeah, the pure wrestling championship. Uh, it. I'm not. I'll just stop. <laughs> it was a, when it was first created. It was a belt that was made for more to showcase the technical wrestlers. Oh yeah, and I, I like that part of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Josh Woods, who is is still the reigning pure champion, will be wrestling on uh, AEW Dark against Sean Spears. Okay. Awesome. I saw that earlier on uh, Twitter. That's that's good that he's getting. And I like how you beat him with, with the now the the technical submission because uh, yeah. I guess saying a knockout you know we'll just <laughs> he, yeah he, he, he made the dude pass out but yeah and anytime I think if you have somebody actually the technical submission like that that's usually indicative of a good match usually yeah yeah if you've got to have the referee stop the match then you put on a good match. And then Shane Taylor and Kenny King, you know, well, first when I hear the name Kenny King, if anybody's part of the Raider Nation, you should know the name Kenny King. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you have to be, well, if you're a longtime member of the Raider Nation, you should know the name Kenny King uh, because at one point he actually held the record for the longest um, – pass reception for a touchdown in super bowl history oh wow yeah uh super bowl 15 uh he was a running back and but really? he caught yeah he caught a, a pass out on the flat um they they got a touchback on the kickoff and so they were in the 20 yard mm -hmm. line and he caught a pass out of the flat and just just took off and gone 80 yards wow that's yep crazy. yep so um you know oddly enough this match is 18 minutes long and I don't remember a lot of it because I think I was trying to take care of some stuff at work at the same time. And Oh, the Shane Taylor King King match. Yeah. It was, uh, it is what they call when they have like a no DQ match, ring of honor calls it a fight without honor because the generally the code, they, you have to adhere to the code of honor at the beginning of the match, you shake hands, you know, all that kind of stuff. And a fight without honor is like all that's out the window. And, um, uh, this was a really good match. I am a huge fan of Shane Taylor. Shane Taylor has um, him and Keith Lee came into Ring of Honor together. They were a tag team called the uh, Pretty Boy Killers, and <laughs> uh, then Keith Lee left. Shane Taylor stayed, and he just I do worked hard. I do remember this match now. Okay, uh, because what was it about Shane Taylor? They said that he really elevated some of the black wrestlers. Yes. Yes. He That's... has a, uh, he has a group, uh, he has a faction called chain Taylor promotions 
Okay. And he has um, took some of the younger guys under his wing and kind of helped him. There was a tag team uh, called uh, Soldiers of Savagery that came in the Ring of Honor, and uh, he kind of took them under his wing, that, and the three of them ended up becoming the uh, World Six-Man Tag Team Champions. Um, and there's a couple other dudes that he's done, but yeah, he's done a lot in that portion for Black Horse, and he continues other promotions and other. He's just, yeah. Hey, dude, you're breaking up real, really bad. Good. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't think anybody else is online. Maybe my internet's just being weird today. Oh, well, I mean, you did just have a bunch of storms out there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but the name Soldiers of Savagery, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Granted, it sounds like a Slayer song, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, that's a cool name. And, and I think what it was, that was like the last match because uh, I got hit with some um with a tasker a couple of taskers at work i was like okay uh, and i was actually kind of on my lunch while i was watching it i was oh, like okay. all right so i was like all right i gotta um that's what i texted you i was like well i'm about halfway through <laughs> and so <laughs> uh and i was like yeah i'll finish the rest when i get home i do remember though i now i do remember the match actually really was good like i said all the matches were good yeah um, it was a really it was a really good fight because that's what it was it was an absolute fight and it was i'm glad they got the time to showcase what they can do and wrap up their story and i hope it's not the last that we see of shane taylor because he's he's just amazing i have a feeling somebody like shane taylor because even though it's been said now AEW, they're pretty much full they're yeah. actually overflowing right now because they were just snatching people left and right as soon as wwe let them go yeah and now they hit the point of like, well, they're, I don't want to say issues, but they're going to run into some of the same scenarios that WWE did where they have so many people that they couldn't get everybody on. Yeah. Yeah. Tony and, Khan has said though, that he, his, his goal for AEW is to make sure that nobody gets overexposed. And I think with AEW, AEW elevation, and they're open more to where people can work with other companies. I think they do a job of not overexposing talent. Right. And uh, which, ironically enough, some of the talent that, I mean, they are showing CM Puck a little more, but he's also still relatively new now in yeah. the company. And yeah. he's still, I mean, he's still a name that will draw and he'll draw for right now good reasons. Yes. You know, yeah. not like somebody else in the WWE with a stupid haircut who just shows up, you know, three times a year and collects, you know, a few million dollars when they're making budget cuts. Yeah. Yep. Uh, not saying any names, but the haircut's stupid. <laughs> and if, if you want to know where I live, we're tough. <laughs> you, you... <laughs> um, but the next match the the women's world championship match between Roxy and 
um, the, the article says Willow Nightingale, but they I don't ever remember them saying that the word Nightingale, but they just refer to it as Willow. Yeah, um, like outside of the bigger companies, it is Willow Nightingale, but they just call her Willow in Ring of Honor. Um, two very talented women. Yes. And they were um, pulling out all the stops. And I like the size difference because when you have something like that, you know, of course, Roxy um, showing her pulling off some of the the moves that would be normally be kind of hard to pull off on a, a woman, you know, who has you know a little bit bigger woman in, in Willow. Yeah. And even though I'm still not a fan of that, the finishing move, I will never be a fan of that just because it requires your opponent to do something for you. Um, it looks cool. I'm just don't like right. it as a finishing move. Yeah. Um, but that match, I mean, the match itself, I mean, I mean, a lot of counters, reversals, things like that. I mean, as far as like women's wrestling matches, this has like been one of the best wrestling, like pure <coughs> technical mm -hmm. wrestling that I have seen from women in a long time. And this was a yeah. fantastic match. Uh, Roxy is a uh, graduate of uh, what? Roxy, the champion. Mm -hmm. She is a graduate of uh, Booker T's wrestling school. Okay, that explains why she's so good. Yep, and she's uh, she's from Dallas, Texas. Okay, so another wrestling stronghold. Yep, and. Uh, speaking of Booker T, I saw something earlier that said today is the anniversary of Booker T and Steve Austin getting into the getting into the fight in the supermarket. I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and you always see Booker T's face like, what? Yeah, yeah he's got to turn around. <laughs> um, you know, those, those two had to have fun filming that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no way they can <laughs> So... Got your milk, Booker. <laughs> anyway, um, but I think the next match, no, it wasn't this match. One of the matches, you know what? Maybe it was Rhett Titus. It was when he won because I remember thinking, did he really just win a match with a drop kick? Yep, he sure did. I was like, wow. I've only seen that happen one other time on a normal standard drop kick crew. I guess his is is enhanced and whatever they called it. Uh, where I mean, he really gets he got some height on that. Yeah, but, yeah I've only seen one other um, match one with a drop kick, and that was of uh, his hardcore Holly. Yeah, and yeah. On on like a SmackDown or a Raw, and, yeah. and it was just kind of out of place almost. It was almost like they're like, yeah. we need to end the match now. It threw the guy in the ropes, did a drop kick in the face, pinned him, and it was like, did he really just win with a drop kick? Yeah, but Hardcore Holly had one of the best drop kicks in wrestling. I mean, it was did. just it was quick and crisp, and it it just always looked perfect whenever he did it. And and at your red Titus, his drop kick, it did look good. Yeah, it looks real good. <laughs> so, I mean, I give him some credit. I mean, that was a good drop kick. Um, but when it gets to the eight man tag tag team match, and this one, um, it's my first time really watching Homicide. Mm -hmm. uh, not a fan of the fork. 
However, uh, it was a um, that was just done to kind of sort of like a tribute to Abdullah the Butcher, uh, also kind of a callback to his earlier days in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I was kind of I, I was kind of wondering about that. I was going to ask you, and yeah, you just confirmed it. Uh, now, granted, he didn't like jab him with the fork. I mean, he no, kind of, no. you know, yeah. but either either way, I'm like, I just just knowing that Abdullah, you know, Abby was um, cutting people, but knowing him that he himself had Hep C. Yeah, yeah. And um, kind of off subject, but related. Uh, there were some tweets going out. In fact, you know what? Um, I will pull up one of the tweets now because. I had heard the name before, but I wasn't too sure about the person. And so as soon as I find um, the tweet, uh, let me see here, because I know Slop Drop, they were the ones who um, actually shared it. And of course, as soon as it comes up. But it was somebody named Hannibal or Bloodhunter? Yes, that mm, uh, we're family friendly, so I'm not going to say what I want to say. But <laughs> yeah, that guy took liberties with a referee, and uh, the referee ended up with multiple stitches in his head. And I mean, the dude got repeatedly stabbed by this guy who has no respect for for wrestling you know he he calls himself a wrestler he's he's a youtube personality who thinks he's a wrestler and ah. he was allowed to wrestle for i can't remember the company's name but he was allowed to wrestle he he's he's wrestled before he was allowed to wrestle for this company and instead of doing the scheduled spot that they were supposed to do he just went into business for himself and attacked the referee and was stabbing the referee in the head with a spike. And mm. like I said, just ridiculous. And if he's not already blackballed from independent wrestling, he will be because there's a huge backlash on Twitter. Uh, and every every promoter is talking about he's not welcome in no locker room so uh but let me find because the exact thing that um okay uh and slop drop they they tweet out a lot every day yeah um a lot of historical stuff um, I actually, because I had a notification every time they tweet something, I actually had to turn it off because, uh, like, because when they do it, I mean, they do it all at once too. They'll send like 10, 10 or eleven tweets at one time. Uh, and I know it just had it on there, but uh, okay. Uh, one of the things, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com. I've heard from countless people who worked the show with Hannibal who were discussed with what he did this weekend. I'm working on putting together additional information. Um, I know there was some, there had to be some other stuff too that I saw, but, but yeah, even the slop drop, they were saying that, yeah, yeah. The dude needs to be banned from wrestling. Yes. And I, and I guess he was like, he's a Kevin Sullivan guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. There's, there will be a benefit for, I'm assuming um, this is the referee's name because it actually has a Twitter handle to raise money for medical expenses. You know what? I'm going to like that and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retweet that. Oh, yeah, wow. Sh- did you see the picture of him? Uh, yeah, I saw the picture with the stitches. And yeah. uh, here, I'm going to show you. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, can you see the? That's the. Yeah. Uh, it, that's the sheets. Mm-hmm. There we yeah. go. Yeah, that's why they said yeah, it's definitely not a work. No, no, it was not. If, and, if, that, if that guy's not brought up on charges, he definitely should be. And, uh, I mean, there's no reason for that. No, there. I mean, there was absolutely no reason for that. You know, because. New Jack was extremely controversial because he did stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but New Jack actually did wrestle well, occasionally. He actually would wrestle and um yeah. and he did take things personally. And then um I was not necessarily a fan of some of the things he did, but New Jack will kind of cause these people to say, look, you can't be doing things like that because I guess nobody it, it would almost be common sense, don't stab somebody while you're in the ring. Yeah. And this dude should already know New Jack made himself a lot of enemies because he was stabbing people. I mean, after the mass transit event, after the mass transit incident where he where he cut that, you know, New Jack cut that kid with an exacto knife mm-hmm. and the kid almost bled out. Everybody should know the line that you do not cross. Yeah. Right. And this dude Hannibal, uh, Blood Hunter, you know, I, and I, I think he ought to be, like you said, banned. I think he ought to be brought up on charges mm-hmm. because, you know, that this is no longer, um, it, it's no longer part of the show when they're doing that. But no, yeah. I mean, he could have killed the guy. Yeah, and wrestling, as we know, has already caught a lot of flack from people. Uh, I mean, wrestling fans, a lot of times, we are not respected because yeah. we like wrestling yeah. and then you have things like this happen exactly and it's things like this as and that's why people are like oh my god you like pro wrestling and it's like i like wrestling i don't like that crap over there exactly <laughs> and so uh which ironically enough you know the faction is part of the eight man tag is violence unlimited yeah <laughs> so um with homicide with homicide he was really good though. I, I i liked him oh uh, homicide's fantastic he he's a former ring of honor world champion also yeah i can see why he beat he beat brian danielson in uh in new york city that's right Florida. because during brian danielson's video he actually he talked about that mm-hmm. and he said it, even though he lost he said it was still a great match i've he, seen that match it was a great match okay i'm gonna have to go watch that now <laughs> and um, and ec3 did didn't EC3, he went to WWE a couple years ago, and it was like he was there, but then all of a sudden he left without even really wrestling? Yes, he let, he went, he was in Impact, and that's where, cause, okay, he started out in WWE when NXT was like the ridiculous game show stuff. Right. He, was, he went by the name Derek Bateman, and they pretty much did nothing with him. He got released, he went to Impact. 
became EC3. He was, at that time, he was Dixie Carter's kayfabe nephew and played that up. But he got really good, really good on the mic, really good in the ring. Uh, he's a two-time Impact World Champion. So then, once he goes to Impact and proves himself, then WWE come calling and they sign him. He goes to NXT. He's on NXT for a few months. Didn't really do a whole lot. Of course, you know, not his fault. NXT was just packed then and not everybody just got TV time. And then he went to the main roster and they did absolutely nothing with him. He never cut a promo, which is one of his strong suits is talking. Uh, he wrestled a couple of matches against John Moxley and then that was it, and then they released it. Okay. Um, because I thought I recognized that. I was like, mm-hmm. um, and who was the guy at the end of it who cut that promo? I mean, there's a long promo. That was EC3. That was EC3. Okay, I thought That was so. EC3. Yep. Okay. I that was that- EC3. Yeah, and then um, then they bring out, you know, he said, you know, really, he said, you know, free the really, Titan, free the Titan, and and Braun Strowman comes out, and it's like, okay, this is cool, but why are you making a debut for a company that you don't know they're coming back? Oh, I'm pretty sure he got paid. Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> Yeah, at, at, but, uh, at, at Adam Sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, who, Adam Sure. Who, who still looks as jacked as ever. Oh, yeah. He looks in better. Actually, he looks like he's in better shape than he was in WWE, and he was in great shape then. Oh, yeah. And his hair looks a lot better. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they, they couldn't figure out what to do with that before. Yeah. You know, at, and I'm so glad he's no longer in WWE because when they had him playing like the part of like the big, duh, you know, yeah, they either had him playing a big dummy or they had him running around the ring and they were they piped in train noises. Yeah. While he was running around the ring when he did the big, you know, shoulder tackle thing, they would play train noises while he was running. And his theme music was literally Arr! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I just scared my dog. <laughs> <laughs> that that match was that match was good. It wasn't a bad match. I'm just not a fan of one fall to a finish, multi, you know, multi-man tag matches like that. Right. It's just, it's too much going on. It's too much. It's almost too much to keep up with. And it's like, and I feel like it never gets a good, a good flow to it because there are so many people involved. And they actually did one of the spots which, you know, my feelings on it, where yes. everybody's gathered around the outside of the ring. Yep. And, and they're all look, somebody, they're all looking up, too. Like, yeah, they're all looking and waiting <laughs> for somebody to jump onto them. And it's like, come on. It's like, it, it's good that you, everybody was in their spot and they caught the person that dove over the top rope, because that's what you're supposed to do. But what? There's no believability that a group of guys is just going to stand there and wait for you to jump on uh, on top of them. Right. And, 
you know, a lot of action. I mean, especially when every, everything, you know, when pretty much it all hell broke loose when yeah. they're, you know, and which is that, that's what I want to see, honestly. <laughs> and multi-man, that's what I want to see is everybody else and start beating up each other. And the referee kind of stands there like, I don't know what like, to do. I don't know. <laughs> I can't do anything. So yeah. the guy, uh, Brody King, the real big guy with all, all the tattoos yeah. and the beard, he is um, – uh, pro wrestling guerrilla tag team champions with Aleister Black or oh, okay. Malachi Black. Malachi Black now. Okay. But yeah. Um, six foot off, oh, six foot five of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying, trying to think of Malachi Black's real name. Um, it's something that, um, like his real first name is, it'll let you kind of throw you off because you're like, what? Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Either way, not that important. <laughs> um, but the Briscoe brothers and OGK for the tag team championship. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say this would be a contender for match of the year for all of wrestling. Uh, but then again, there's a couple matches on this card, especially the, the yeah. main event, which could be a contender for match of the oh, year. Yeah. Um, uh, Briscoes are another one. The Briscoes have been with Ring of Honor and have never gone anywhere to never gone to another. They, you know, they haven't even, they barely wrestled independence since they've been in Ring of Honor. They've been in Ring of Honor since literally the doors opened. Hmm. Like Mark Briscoe. Because Jay's older, Jay's older than Mark, I think by a couple of years. Mark was seventeen and couldn't even wrestle yet, so he had to, he. But he he helped set up the ring and did different stuff. But yeah, the Briscoes have been with Ring of Honor since the doors opened in two thousand two. I mean, so that's called loyalty, people. Yes, I mean they they had a. They did get like an invitation to go try out for, I think this was back when, I can't remember if it was NXT yet or if it was still Florida Championship Wrestling, but they got a tryout. And they're like, okay, we'll go see what it's about. Um, and this is from the Briscoes. And they said that they went, they had a good match. They thought everything went good. They get a call a few weeks later, you know, they're like, we didn't hear anything. And they said that we're not, they said they were told they were not aesthetically pleasing for television <laughs> is why they didn't get hired. And Jay Briscoe's like, Terry Funk wasn't aesthetically pleasing. Uh, Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer wasn't aesthetically mm -hmm. pleasing. He's like, what does that have to do with pro wrestling? He's like, it doesn't matter anyway, because we make more on our land. Because they like outside of wrestling, they have a landscaping business. He said they made more money than with that than what WWE was going to pay them to move their family to Florida to, you know, work for them. Now, granted, they're from Delaware. I've been to Delaware. Yep. Um, yeah, there's not a lot in Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sandy Fork, Delaware. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, that may be another reason why they would 
be very loyal to Ring of Honor since Ring of Honor is based out of Baltimore. Uh huh. Yep. You know, so, um, yeah, because uh, when I went to Delaware, I was actually stationed in Maryland, and I were um, the first sergeant for my squadron. He was originally from Delaware, and he actually knew some of the people, I guess, who owned um, the Dover, uh, the Dover Delaware racetrack. And so he actually made like arrangements that we would go out and do security for their NASCAR races. Oh, okay. You know, so, and so basically we'd get, it was actually pretty cool detail. I mean, cause we got like a volunteer bullet and, you know, for our, for our evaluation and, um, and, you know, of course they fed us and we basically got to watch a race for free, like better than like on the front row because we were right there at the fence watching. Um, right you know so and, and that was that was kind of cool um of course the funniest part was when they announced jeff gordon had been black flagged for a lap um, <laughs> <laughs> the crowd well here they went nuts but anyway um but yeah so we drove to delaware you know to the dover track from uh, me and a friend of mine and yeah that's what i'm gonna say delaware their slogan well tax-free shopping <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh, and that's not to crack on them, but uh, but the Brisker the Brisker brothers, uh, great team, and actually OGK. Uh, when I saw Maria Canellas walk out, I totally forgot they had gone to Ring of Honor because they they where they got like they were in Ring of Honor where because Mike Nick came in as like a, uh, a hot prospect in Ring of Honor like years ago. Um, him and Matt Taven were, uh, had won the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Uh, they were also won the IWGP Tag Team titles. Um, so, you know, they've been around for a while. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was cool when Maria came out. And, uh, but, yeah, the Briscoes are just fantastic. They've won tag titles yeah. in New Japan. Uh, they've won the six-man tag titles with Bully Ray. They are, you know, 12-time Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Plus, Jay is a two-time world champion himself. Um, but they are just fantastic. It was an amazing tag team match. That is – yeah, that's tag team wrestling. That is what I love to see with tag team wrestling. And then at the end, I mean, you could tell the respect they had for each other, you mm -hmm. know, as teams. And, they, you know, they all hugged. They even hugged Maria. Yep. You know, um, and when FTR came out. Oh, yeah. And because yeah. I heard the music and I'm like, is that FTR's music? You know, the Almost Midnight Express music? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I was like, oh, okay. So... Yeah. Now, granted, um, the language shocked me a little bit. Not used to hearing that. Um, without it being yeah, leaked yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, and part of it, the way they did it, it almost made made me wonder if it was kind of a shoot thing. They actually showed up, but then again, they also cut the lights out beforehand, so you know, it was, yeah, it's a work. They've been but, going back. The both teams have been going back and forth on Twitter for the last two or three weeks so uh and then you know tony khan had said that he was going to you know help ring of honor out you know right on saturday 
but uh, I thought it was cool, and I think we're going to see. I don't know about full time, but I could definitely see the Briscoes fighting FTR somewhere in AEW down the line. Oh yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I think that's they, where it's headed. Oh yeah, they were setting that up, and I because I was even thinking, okay, where the people are going, going, but I I think with this um with this entire card, they did kind of set up future matches for all of them because, yeah because like with the uh with the women the yeah. Perrazzo is the triple a women's champion uh she's also a former uh impact knockouts champion she challenged roxy to a winner take all match because from what i understand the current ring of honor champions are allowed to take those titles and defend them elsewhere so it's almost like even if the the company no longer exists, the titles still do. The titles still do. You know, yeah. so uh, well, kind of like when WCW when they they kept that around for a little bit because yep. they tried out the invasion thing and yeah they they totally ganked it up. But yep. but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I like the way you know the entire match. Like I said, this could be a contender for match of the year. However the next match the main event gresham and jay lethal and they <laughs> they have had fantastic matches before oh, I've, I've seen them wrestle but this match was beautiful that that's that's the best way i can describe it this was yeah. a beautiful professional wrestling match between two men who have the utmost respect for each other and, and i mean these tell. guys were former tag team champions together you know okay and jonathan gresham when the commentators were talking about him they said that he won 13 straight matches using 13 different finishing moves Uh yep he is i've i've told people this before jonathan gresham is brian danielson level good yeah oh yeah he is that good he is he is absolutely one of the greatest wrestlers in the world today he's absolutely one of the best he is like i said he is he's on equal footing with Dan, with brian danielson as far as technical wrestling goes he is that good oh i'm just not reading who he was trained by um big cat yep yeah courtesy use mm-hmm. and i know why vince isn't looking at him because he's only five, he's five four. four yeah he's five four yeah um josh alexander who wrestles in impact was on Twitter earlier today and he said that he's like people are because people were making fun of Jonathan Gresham when he, you know, because he's because he's five foot four. And Josh Alexander said, Yeah, he's five four. He's like, and that does not make a bit of difference. He's like, he mm-hmm. he is the greatest wrestler I've ever stepped in the ring with. I mean, the dude is he's just fantastic. I mean, you saw the match. He oh, is yes. Um the only not really a complaint thing I would nitpick though at the beginning they were I think they were doing too many arm twists. Um, yeah. After, after at the third one, I'm like, all right, okay, guys, okay, guys, okay, stop. Okay. I think some of that because Jay Jay Lethal was extremely emotional, and okay, you could tell it when he came out. You could tell it, you know, when he got in the ring and they started chanting, you know, ROH, ROH. He was very emotional. I think some of that in the beginning. I think they both were was trying to get themselves 
you know, kind of like with Sasha and uh, Bianca at WrestleMania. Right. The first few movements were kind of like, let me get myself under control so I can get into this. Right. And now the chops back and forth, because he hit yeah. him, he's like, all right, your turn. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> all right. He's like, okay. Now, he did confuse me when he came out wearing the squid head. Uh, uh, his nick- yeah his nickname the is octopus. the octopus yep yeah and he also is a big fan of uh, cthulhu it's a creature from um, oh yeah hp lovecraft yeah um metallica yeah, yeah. metallica yep. had the song uh, called yep. cthulhu yep um great song by the way <laughs> so. yeah it is but yeah he's a huge fan of that stuff so he incorporated it into um his wrestling persona and he has that mask and i i meant to say i loved rhett titus's mask that he had on when he came out for his match uh which oh that was like the half skull it was half like solid skull the other half was like everything just hanging oh yeah yeah that that's that that mask was amazing um but yeah i saw actually you know what i think somebody needs to tell uh jonathan gresham Hey, there's a song by my Metallica <laughs> that you need to come out. To. You know, now granted, the song itself is actually kind of slow, so I mean, it, it wouldn't yeah. really necessarily be a good entrance song. Um, but actually, you know what? Maybe the exit song. Maybe he could do one of those deals like Mick Foley did back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yep, where he had an yeah, where he had an entrance and an exit theme. Yeah, yep. And but yeah, this match um, and. If Dave Meltzer doesn't give this one like one of his little five star ratings, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it was just one hold after another after another. I mean, and it was doing a lot of the old school. Okay, they got him in the head scissor, but he but he kicked that, did a kip up, boop. It's like all right, yeah. you know, and yeah, and and then of course the move that he finished it with was was the octopus. Yeah. Yep. And. Jonathan Gresham, they they didn't mention it. Was he an IWGP champion at one point? Uh, no, he has wrestled in Japan, but he ha- he hasn't won any titles over there that I know of. Oh, I could definitely tell he wrestled in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell some of those yeah. moves he come up with, and, and I think that's another reason why this card. There were so many, uh, you know, and you mentioned it before, so many moves that you don't see in WWE. And sometimes mm-hmm. you, you don't even really see them in AEW as much. Uh, but I think that's partly because like half the AEW roster came from WWE and they still don't have that WWE stank off of them yet. Yeah, some of them are still working that, um, yeah, working that cookie cutter approach out of their system. Right. Uh, you and, can definitely tell there's more freedom in AEW um, to wrestle the way that they you know want to instead right. of the way that they had to in uh wwe but yeah ring of honor has always had a very rich history with other promotions like triple a um again with japan whether it was pro wrestling noah all japan pro wrestling iwgp um I mean, the IWGP tag titles have been defended in Ring of Honor uh, when the Briscoes were feuding against the uh, Gorillas of Destiny. Um, just they, they've had a uh, <clears throat> just an amazing blend of different styles 
I think that's what has always made Ring of Honor so good is because they were willing to learn from everybody and not just stick to one style. And, you know, it reminds me of, like, when I first started watching Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, and they, um, I watched it, I started watching it in, in 1984. And um, that's when they had, um, for Starcade 84 on Thanksgiving that year. And that was the second, um, well, second Starcade event. But one of the things that I noticed, and I didn't really know anything about Starcade 83, but I just knew Flair had won the, the world title from Harley Race. Right. But if you look at some of the 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 team or the teams, some of the matches on here, you know, one of them, Jesse Barr and Mike Graham for the Florida Heavyweight Championship. Of course, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that wasn't part of Mid-Atlantic. I mean, that was right. Florida, yep. but they brought them up there for that show. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Adidas beat Mr. Ito. Had no idea who Mr. Ito was. He came in there for that match, and that was it. Yeah. You know, um, and then if we go to the Crockett Cup, in fact, let me go to the very first Crockett Cup because that was a very good example of all the promotions working together. And okay, not the Crockett Cup 2020. I <laughs> want the original Crockett <laughs> Cup. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Crockett Cup 8, yeah, the, the first one. And let me find some of these uh, tournament participants. Okay, Giant Baba and Tiger Mask came from Japan. Um, the Batten Twins, they were from Central States. Dino Bravo and Rick Martel were from the AWA. Uh, see, the Fabulous Ones, also from the AWA. The Fantastics, they were from probably Mid-South. Uh, let me see. Los Guerreros, Chavo and Hector. Now, they may have been in Mid-Atlantic at the time. I just like saying Los Guerreros. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, oh, here's a team. The Italian Stallion and Coco Ware. The B wasn't even there yet. It was just Coco oh, Ware. Wow. Yeah, and he was with the Italian Stallion. Um, let's see. Um, the Sheep Herders. They weren't in Mid-Atlantic at the time. They were probably in Mid-South. Yeah, Terry Taylor and Steve Williams are also Mid-South. But yeah, and that was a, an, a good example of all those these organizations working together. And that's mm-hmm. why it's it's a really a shame that Ring of Honor is, I mean, I hate to say it, I don't think they're going to be back in April. Not At least not. They, they won't be back full strength. And they know they can't expect everybody well fact, they've already said you can go wrestle where because they're not expecting everybody just to sit on the laurels for four months yeah it, you know these these men and women can't afford to sit around for four months not knowing if they're still going to have a job there or not they've got you know they got to take care of themselves they've got families to take care of mm-hmm. uh, you know so yeah um, i agree I, the way you know and the way they were talking is I think a lot of them know that this is it. Right. You know, I think they're still saying that we'll see you in April, but I just don't see them coming. If they do, it'll be a completely different Ring of Honor. So, you know, this version of Ring of Honor is gone. This is, it's almost like the NWA, except for obviously the NWA was a lot bigger. 
Yeah. And now granted, the NWA now, a lot of people don't even realize it still exists. Yeah. Because it, it never really completely went away. There was always... No, it, it, it always bubbled under the surface, but it, you know, it was, it was kind of irrelevant for a little while, but it never just disappeared. Right. And now granted, it's, it's, I think it's making a comeback now because Billy Corgan, even though he was not a wrestler, and we talked about this, he is a big wrestling fan, so he, but he's also a good businessman. And so yep. he put people in charge exactly. of wrestling who actually know wrestling. Yep. And I, and I, and I think our friend, you know, I call him our friend now, Matthew Mims. I think he's yeah. going to be, oh, I think he's going to be a big star. Oh yeah, I do too. Yeah, because I mean, I think he can lift up a bus if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's, uh, they're doing a lot of tapings down in Georgia right now. I don't know if you saw, yeah, yeah he's been posting that stuff. Um, I think Devin Graves, I think he'll be another one who'd be right there. And I just wish Ring of Honor, you know, and it, unfortunately they, suffered from the same thing that happened to wcw where they're not a standalone company they're owned by a high a number yeah. of, you know they're, they're part of a bigger company and that bigger company is about to go under you yeah know, sinclair because of what they say they're like 13 billion dollars in the hole i think so and and you have to respect ring of honor though and sinclair to an extent because they are the one you know write the checks but through the entire pandemic everyone got paid mm -hmm. no one got released and they made sure to they had extensive testing at the arena where they were working and um even though they had empty arena and weren't getting any ticket sales they were still putting on wrestling shows for the for the fans at home and you know, I, I res have a ton of respect for what they did, but I think that's what kind of did them in in the end. Oh, I, because oh, I believe so. Yeah, wasn't enough, just wasn't enough revenue coming in, and it was through no fault of their own, but I respect that they looked out for their wrestlers and took care of them during an extremely tough time. Oh, absolutely. And, I, and you know, in the arena... They, they were part of the uh, the UMBC uh, arena there at, at University mm -hmm. of Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah. Who a lot of people don't realize that's the team, the only 16 seed to ever knock off a number one seed. But anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and not just knocked them off, they beat them by 20 points. But, oh, yeah. Um, but with the people that were there, I mean, that had to be kind of cool because the last event, the last pay-per-view they're having, but it's the first event, as far as I know, that they've actually had an audience yeah. in, in the yeah. last two years. And uh, I think, um, let me think. Death, uh, Death Before Dishonor might have had an audience. Um, but I think then COVID spiked again, and then they went back to empty arena until final battle. And one of the things that and I would say they may not have been able to help this. You could see the empty seats back behind the front row. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, normally they try to get everybody and kind of get them together. So everything looks packed. Yeah. But with them being in Maryland, because Maryland is one of the more stricter States when it comes to 
social distancing and things like that. Yeah, I think people had to be spaced out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the front, they were not spaced out, but in the back, it was like totally empty. Yeah. You know, so they may have said, you know what, screw it. I'm going up to the front. And they may have. Yeah. Um, and you saw people were wearing masks. So people were, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, respecting that. And I just don't like seeing a company which was a very good i mean and they would ring of honor have never been on top they've never been the number one or even the number two i mean though i think they were really close when before aew uh, became a thing when cody and the young bucks and there was a lot of other people including cheeseburger i just like that name yeah because <laughs> <laughs> i was wondering when he was going to show up last night or, you know, or watching the thing today um I think that was probably about as close as what they ever come to be in the number two wrestling company in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And there for a while they were, they, I think they were, they were number two and, and, but consistently over the last 20 years, they have put on some of the best wrestling in the world. Right. And And it's just, you know, and then you've got Jonathan Gresham, who wins. Appropriately enough, it was the original Ring of Honor World Championship belt that he was presented with. And so now he is the Ring of Honor World Champion. Um, and he has said, he said after Final Battle that there's two men that were pillars of Ring of Honor that he wants to face. And he hinted heavily at Brian Danielson and Sam Punk. Okay, I can see that. Wherever, whoever can book Brian Danielson and Jonathan Gresham, please do take my money so I can watch that match. (laughs) (laughs) Just take my money. Yeah, just just take my money because that may that that could very well be the best wrestling match you will ever see. Those two are just phenomenal, and I I can't see them having less than a great match. I, I mean. I'm just watching the match with Jay Lethal. And I thought one of the coolest things was when I'm going to guess is it was the entire roster that was there. Yes. That, you know, that yeah. night all came out and surrounded the ring to watch mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I mean, I, that was pretty cool. I don't know if that was planned or if it was something that may have been spontaneous. I think it was just spontaneous. And the, um, I don't know if you noticed, but the guy with the glasses and the suit with the red tie, mm-hmm. that's Brian Zane from Wrestling with regret on youtube oh okay he worked he worked for ring of honor he was a backstage interviewer for okay. ring of honor. um also did you see the woman that got in the ring had the red pants on yes that's jordan grace that's jonathan gresham's wife okay i was wondering i i, I had a feeling she was a wrestler yeah um, yeah she's a wrestler she is a former impact women's champion women's tag team champion and uh, impact has a digital media championship she is the current Impact Digital Media Champion. And yeah, uh, Jonathan Gresham's her husband. Okay. Um, yeah, because I did see... She's also, that... And she's also a power lifter. Uh, okay, that explains, you know. <laughs> and that explains all the muscles. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did see when I, I pulled him up on Wikipedia, it, you know, it had her listed as a spouse. And I was like, yeah. okay, I, I didn't click on it. So yeah, if I'd have clicked on it, I actually would have recognized her. Now, now I feel like I should have clicked on it. <laughs> but um, but I thought it ended, I guess, well, 
I mean, they did they did leave the connections where you can kind of kind of hints on where the people are going, even if yeah. they're not going. Uh, I'd like to know how much money they they spent on streamers because every match had streamers in it at the end. You know, and the referees are walking out there, I clean this crap up again. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, but when Tony Khan said they were going to help them financially or something, I was hoping he'd say, yeah, you know, we bought them too. It's going to be a separate company. However, yeah. there will be, you know, it'll be a place for other people to go. So that way you can have, yeah. you know, they can, they can rebuild the territory system. And that's a, oh yeah, definitely. A, that is a future podcast rebuilding yeah. the territories. Yes. Yes. Yep. So because, I mean, the, the seeds are already, the seeds are already planted. People are already moving around like the old territory days. And it's like, I mean, you look at the Briscoes who are, you know, for the foreseeable future, the final ring of honor world tag team champions. Mm -hmm. They're also the game changing wrestling tag team champions. And they'll be defending those, I think, either later this month or next month um, at the next GCW show. But the Briscoes are moving around. All these other people, you got Josh, you know, Josh Woods is going to wrestle in AEW. You've got all these people moving around. Yeah, that's definitely a future podcast episode. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, wow. And I'm just now looking at the date, you know, December kind of snuck up on us this year. It did. It, it <laughs> snuck up on us and it's like, we're just going to fly on by here. <laughs> yeah, we are. So, but I don't have anything else to, to say about the podcast. Um, do you? No, I mean, it was just a great I mean, show. Yeah, it really was. I hope everybody, I hope everybody's able to land on their feet and continue doing what they love to do. Yes. And Speaking of laying on their feet, I will go back. I'm going to call back to what we were talking about at the very beginning of the episode. If you would like to help out, uh, like we said, don't necessarily travel to Western Kentucky um, or Western Tennessee or Arkansas, the places. Yeah. Don't necessarily travel there because you will probably be turned away because it too many people showing up causes chaos and yes. it's actually counterproductive. Uh, and the police, they are looking, they're happy that you want to help but they're, they don't want people sightseeing and they also don't want people looting because unfortunately that's another bad trait that will come out. It's already started. People uh, are taking like houses that have got hit, but they're somewhat still standing. People have been stealing stuff out of people's houses. Um, places that have just been destroyed. People are stealing the copper, the, the copper. Of course. Out of it. And it's just, it's like, it's bad enough these people are going through this and then people are just preying on someone's misery. Exactly. And if you were doing that, you know, somebody just lost their house, someone just lost their loved ones. Because I was reading about someone who they found they they found their 80-year-old aunt where they found mm -hmm. her body. Yeah. And now they've going they're going through that. And then you want to steal from them on top of that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some levels of scum. And plus there's a, then you're definitely hitting the bottom of the end. There's a special place in hell reserved for somebody like you. If you do absolutely, that. you know, but if you do want to help, um, Dwayne, especially if you contact him, you can contact me and I'll contact Dwayne for you. 
because he's always he's been posting stuff at least on facebook would you um you probably post on twitter as well couldn't you yeah like, yeah I know, and i know sometimes it's hard to go from facebook to twitter like sharing it's it, yeah. it's all it gets all weird but if anybody would like to help yeah certainly contact you know go go through the podcast i am contact me directly contact joylan directly and we will let you know how you can help out even if it's monetarily or an address is where you can send stuff you know send yeah. like canned goods and if you're going to send canned goods also send a can opener that's actually one of the things that's, that's come up yeah. in the past few years it's like yeah it's great that you're sending canned goods however yeah. if the person doesn't have a can opener unfortunately they can't do anything right. with them yep so if you can i mean just go to like the dollar tree get like a cheap yeah you know, can yeah. get something you know but either way i mean but yeah any kind of help is is certainly appreciated and but for now uh, my friend i will go ahead and say goodbye and we will actually be recording wednesday night and with an episode that will drop either wednesday night or thursday morning so uh because this coming thursday i'm going to go watch a movie with my family there you go. Haven't done that in a few years. Yep, yep. Yep. So, but until then, my friend, God bless. God bless, man.